Daily Habits for Sustainable Weight Loss, Expert Advice with Dr. Alicia Shelley. In this insightful interview, we explore the science behind weight loss and how daily habits can play a crucial role in achieving sustainable results. Our guest, Dr. Alicia Shelley, shares her expert advice on healthy living and habits that can help you make progress towards your weight loss goals. Many of us are so into that, aren't we? Whether you're struggling to shed stubborn pounds or looking to maintain a healthy weight, this conversation is full of actionable tips and practical advice. Dr. Shelley's inspiring story and professional expertise are sure to motivate you to take charge of your health and make positive changes in life. Join us for this much watch video and learn how to make daily habits work for you. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast, and my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. Let me introduce our awesome guest today. Dr. Alicia Shelley is a board-certified internal medicine and obesity medicine physician with Wellstar Medical Group in Douglasville, Georgia, a suburb of Atlanta. She is the host of Back on Track, Achieving Health Weight Loss podcast and Thrive for Life YouTube channel. She is a renowned speaker and best-selling co-author of Made for more physician entrepreneurs who live life and practice medicine on their own terms. Please help me welcome Dr. Alicia Shelley. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here, our guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad to be able to talk a little bit more about my experience and just how you can live a healthier and uh, happier life. Yeah, you have an incredible journey, an incredible story. 
I'm looking forward to sharing that with the audience as well. So let's get started. Why don't you share a little bit about you? What's your background? So I am a board certified internal medicine and obesity medicine physician, and I've been in practice for the last 10 years. Um, not necessarily always in here in, at, uh, in Atlanta, but um, definitely, uh, well, definitely in my field for a while. And um, I had struggled with my weight for since childhood. This was something that I have been battling with, going up and down, up and down um, with life, stress. Uh, it wasn't easy going through medical school and residency and my weight showed it. You know, sometimes you're just waking up and just going to see the patients and doing the best you can. Um, and you would eat on the fly. You weren't able to exercise as much. Um, and so it made it somewhat difficult. And so I reached my highest weight right after residency um, where I guess it's just the stress of it all. And I knew I had to do something different. And I had tried uh, Jenny Craig, uh, Weight Watchers, um, exercising with a trainer, all the different things, but it just wasn't enough for me. And so I ended up uh, undergoing bariatric surgery and I was able to lose 80 pounds with it. Um, and I did really well. I was able to maintain the weight, still continuing to exercise, started, picked up running um, and really enjoyed it. And then um, all of a sudden, life stress started again. Life started getting hectic. And um, I noticed that my weight started to creep up again. And then before I knew it, I'd gained back 40 pounds of what I had already lost. And at that point, I knew I really needed to do something different because I've done everything that I knew how to do. And except for just making sure this was more of a lifestyle. And so I focused on uh, my lifestyle changes, making sure I was more consistent, not only with what I was eating, but how I was moving, making sure I'm getting a good night's rest, reducing stress, reducing burnout. <laughs> These are all very important things when it comes to weight loss. And, um, and then eventually I ended up starting to do triathlons and I noticed that my weight started to be decrease and now I've been able to maintain it with that. I always kind of say that it's, it's never out, out of the woods yet. Um, it's, I feel like I'm in remission that this is always a progress. Um, uh, it's a journey per se, it's a marathon. And so I'm always continuing to move forward, but it, it was definitely something that I had to go through so that I can get to where I am now. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three-times-a-week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. April, you're on mute. I realize that. I said, <laughs> absolutely. I realize so much that you 
so many things that you've said are, are key points. I love the words lifestyle. I love the word remission. Uh, so let's, let's go back on a few of those things, because I think so many of us, like you talked about you day in and day out, you were just doing all of the things and trying to show up the best that you could and, and fill all of the things when, when we're living life that way and we're not taking time for ourselves and then we, it's impossible to, to show up well or live in a good way, which is why we're here on the wellness driven life show, right? So we can start sharing things that have worked, uh, stories of resilience and what we did to be able to share with others, the tips and tricks that they can utilize in their own life. So when, when you were in, when you were practicing, you showed up for your clients the best you could. And all of that stress started showing up in your body and then the weight gain and the not feeling great. And when you started doing that, you, you said, I need to make a change. So surgery, and then stress happened again, the weight started coming back on again. And, uh, I haven't ha gone to the point to needing surgery or anything yet, but I absolutely understand as I think the majority of Americans, you know, when we talk st statistics can understand that, that weight gain and the stress of everyday life. And that's the byproduct of it. Oh yes. Um, and when we look at it physiologically, uh, the extra cortisol that we're secreting in our body from the extra chronic stress leads to fat deposits. And so it leads to weight gain. And, um, you know, in our society, especially American society, we tend to be all about go, go, go. We got to get to the next thing. You know, it's, we don't enjoy one thing before we move on to the next. And it just kind of breeds this sense of stress, this sense of high, um, uh, I guess you could say this uh, sense of overwhelm a little bit because always something is going on. Yeah. And, I, and I realized for me, sometimes when it, you know, it actually ended up in burnout. Um, because I was trying to do everything all the time and I wasn't meeting my own expectations and my own and and my perfectionism. I wanted everything to be perfect and it just wasn't. And mm. it was stressing me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, and then I ended up being in, in, in burnout to the point where I just was lack of motivation, didn't want to do it. I was questioning, why am I even in this position? You know, why am I a physician? And, um, it, you know, when we allow stress to get that um, severe in our lives, it can really play a role, not only in our relationships with our families, but relationships with our bodies and how we feel. Yes. And, and you coming from the, the medical field, you, you know, on a physiological level, what stress does when and you're practicing, right? But when was it that you noticed it? It obviously was after surgery because you found out the surgery isn't what's going to happen. I have to literally make lifestyle changes. This isn't some immediate fix. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to, I, I really like the choice of wording with remission because it's a constant uh, work that we have to keep putting in those little daily habits, right? To maintain 
that which we have achieved. And so when, when was the moment that it just clicked? Because you've known this, you've studied it, but so many of us do just that, right? We we're in a field, we know it well, but we, for whatever reason, don't show up for ourselves. It's easy to teach others, but to actually live it is a whole different thing. Yeah. So I think for me, what made that that switch definitely was twofold. Uh, number one, um, I actually sook, uh, um, sought out counseling, sought out mm. coaching to help me with the burnout, to help me with my own expectations. The things that were kind of causing this stress, I was able to work that out with a professional. And then secondly, I realized that with my weight, that you know, the surgery is a tool. Um, when we think about what we have, you know, uh, medications and things of that nature to help with improving our different medical conditions, bariatric surgery is a tool. And so for me, it was important that I was consistent with mm-hmm. the, the different lifestyle changes because I would do them, but then, you know, I've gotten away and then I'd stop <laughs> and, and then I'd be like, oh no, I'm getting weight again. And mm-hmm. so what I found was that with, um, with actually having, uh, being, writing out the different lifestyle choices, starting small. Like I wasn't mm. like, oh, I'm going to do all the things all at once. No, right. I focused on one thing at a time. Like for one, one problem for me was just kind of being consistent with exercise. And so at that point I was on my own. I didn't have a trainer. So I was like, well, hey, at least we're going to work out with the trainer three days a week. We're going to start off with 30 minutes. And this is actually during the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I ended up was doing virtually with her and I would, I would show up to, with her. And then eventually it started getting better where I started incorporating more running. I got back into the running that I enjoyed. Yeah. I started joining more races. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this 5k, I'm going to have to actually train for it. So I started incorporating more running outside of the training. And then it started becoming more of that habit. The other thing that I started doing was I started writing down what I was eating. Now I tell my patients keep a food log, and everybody rolls their yeah the food journal. They'll they'll roll their eyes at me. They're like, "What? I have to keep a food log?" <laughs> so important, especially when you're actively trying to lose weight, because it helps you see what you're putting in your body. Like you're not picking up the small little snacks that may be around the house, or let's say you're at work and they have all these goodies. You're writing down every single thing and you're being more mindful of what you're putting in. And so that was kind of the secret sauce for me because I realized I was adding all these different snacks. I wasn't taking account to it. I wasn't even paying attention to it, (laughs) but they were adding up. And so that really helped me. So starting with that, uh, those two working, number one, working on the stress, working on um, why I was in that burnout, because that really helped me. Um, yeah. And that was the counseling aspect, right? Where you started digging a little deeper on on the why am I feeling? What's the root cause of of the recurring thoughts that are not good? Yes. Yeah. Because it all plays a role. Sometimes we think, yeah. oh, it's just pull away from the table and exercise more, but there's more to it. Oh, and yeah. it's important that you address the elephant in the room. And for me, that was the burnout. And mm. so by me addressing that, kind of coming to terms with where I was, it helped me to kind of move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I also really like that you, you know, you had the accountability partner with a coach. Mm. And I think that's a really big key. Also having somebody alongside you, 
uh, to, to push you, to make sure you're showing up, to cheer you on. And, you know, finding the right person for that can be tough, which is why I think so many people go into coaching because they know that reality. It's, you know, when we ask a friend or a family member, you know, they that emotional aspect gets involved and they're like, well, I'll let you slide. It's okay because you're going through this. And so they're not really truly holding you to the fire, right? Where a coach might, you know, be distanced enough to be able to do that. So I love that accountability aspect. And then uh, a food journal. My mother always told me to keep a food journal. I still have never done it. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's time to fess up to that. However, I, I know that that is a very key component to, you know, to really being aware of what you're doing. Because when you start writing things down, you're like, oh, that is what I ate. That is what I did. This is the timing of it. But for me, uh, having systemic lupus, what, what is important about knowing what I eat is by being mindful of what is happening to my body a few hours afterwards. Because the whatever I'm putting in my body shows up in different ways. And so how I'm feeling, you know, then I can notate on, okay, so I didn't feel good after I consumed this, you know, either, either beverage or, or food items. So all of those things really can start building an awareness of, you know, how it's making you feel, what it's doing, because if it's making you feel bad and you just feel bad, but you don't know why it could have just been that little piece of bite that you took. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So, and it's so important for you to be aware of things because what I find is that like when you're more aware of it, you can be able to make changes. Sometimes if you, you don't know what you don't know. And yeah. so sometimes by keeping that foolock or just being mindful and it's not, you know, sometimes people, it can get a little overwhelming, but at least if you're doing it, if you're concerned about it, like do it for a week and kind of see where you can make some tweaks, what, what can be, you know, going better. I think it's very interesting that you mentioned that with your condition of lupus, that you've noticed that certain foods made you feel worse. And so sometimes mm -hmm. by tracking that and being more mindful, of it, you're able to make, you know, changes so that you don't feel that way. So you're absolutely right. It's important to, to have that uh, mindfulness and yeah. accountability to yourself too. It, it does. And so there's a couple of different ways I want to go because I want to bring in the photos because I think they're so, so powerful. So I think that we'll start there. I want the audience to understand exactly where you came from and the amount that you have achieved. It's just absolutely fascinating. I have met you in person. And so I know you're looking good girl <laughs> right now. And, um, just so inspiring. When you sent me these photos yesterday, I, I was blown away and I was so inspired to be like, Oh my gosh, if she can do it, I can do it. And I know this, I I'm very familiar with the fact that change is constant and we can always get to a point that we want to be, that it's never too late. And at the same time, how human of us to go back in our minds and feel like it's too late or I'm too old or I'm too this or I'm too that, right? And you are such a huge testimony. Why don't you start talking about these incredible photos? 
Yeah, so wow. this actually was, and I want to say this was in 20, 2014, 2015, um, before, before I had gastric surgery, I was at my highest weight in this picture. I was 285. And I don't think you, it's kind of funny, when you're in it, you don't realize that you're carrying such extra weight. Mm. But when you start to lose the weight, you feel so much better. You're like, wow, I feel lighter on my stuff. You know, I feel lighter. I pick up like yeah. 200, how much it would be. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I had this much weight <laughs> on my body. But wow. this was was me when I realized there's, I have to do something different. It's not working. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I look at that person and I'm like, wow, I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it how far I've come. So it, it is truly, it's truly amazing. And it wasn't, and I'll be honest with you, this wasn't something that's not fly by night. This wasn't like, Oh, yeah. um, right. in like 60 days or three months. This was something that's years over years. Yeah. Um, I remember I was yeah. in the grocery store and there was looking at the magazine. It was like lose 40 pounds by Memorial day. And I looked at the date of the magazine and it was May 9th. I'm like, wait a minute. You mean you want to lose 40 pounds in three weeks? This is not sustainable. <laughs> not realistic, not healthy. Not healthy at all. Well, and, and it reminds me of, you know, just like surgery. You know, when we do something that's that quick, that quick fix, and we we all want that nowadays with information coming at such a, a rapid pace, we expect instant. And instant results aren't 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 good for us all the time, right? They can be, they can be healthy for us, but not, not on a physical human level. So, um, the amount of patience and grace that we have to have for ourselves is absolutely hundred percent needed. I want to bring in one of the comments. Um, Hillary says, it sounds like she was gathering information from several sources. Once we have the information, we can make changes. How do you feel with the weight loss? And I think you're talking about that a little bit right now at how you feel. Um, like you just, you talked about, you know, if I hold that much weight, I can't believe I held this on my bones. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it feels, I'll be honest, it feels good because you sometimes don't realize this, but getting in a plane, I was in a plane just last weekend and there used to be a moment where I really did not want to get on a plane because I was afraid of the person sitting next to me and how we would be so I'd be so scrunched next to that pace person and how I feel uh, I would feel bad that I was maybe impeding on their space. Um, I remember I had a story. I was on a flight. I was on standby for Delta and I'd gotten a seat on this flight and they had me sitting next to a lady. The lady was just uh, had issues with weight just as I did. But she looked at me and she's like, well, can you find another seat? And I'm like, ma'am, this was like the last seat on the plane. And if it oh, wasn't wow. for a gentleman uh, who was like, you know what? You can sit here, ma'am. He was a very nice gentleman. Um, and it, it just like when she when she said that to me, it just crushed my heart. And sometimes people don't realize um, the words that you say, how you can really affect somebody. Um, it was probably, you know, she didn't want to be smushed either, but it just it just felt so uncomfortable. And the fact that the man was so nice enough to allow me to sit next to him and it wasn't a big thing, it, it really made my day. Um, but to get on a plane now, to realize that I am not touching the person next to me, that I have room 
on a, a flight is is um is a, is is a, is amazing for me and you know you don't realize it when you're small but when you are in that situation at least for me I felt very uncomfortable because I felt like I was impeding that person's face so it it does feel good to lose the weight um the funny thing is is that in my mind I'm like I I I still have to maintain it like it's not um how can I say this it's not as if it's over for me. It's more of like, I have to keep moving forward. I have to keep going. I have to maintain this. And so, um, it is, it, it does feel good. It feels great. And the fact, and I didn't mention this, um, although that I've been able to start running, I've been able to complete six marathons, two Ironman halves, working on my full Ironman this year. And I would not have been able to do that at this way. Yeah. A person would not have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. Of course not. Yeah. It, it, it would have been very challenging taking it a lot longer one to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That it's just amazing and inspiring. Um, I can bring in this other photo. This is another one. Tell me about this one. Yeah. So this one was, this was actually right after residency. I was starting, um, as in a, a primary care doc out, outside of Atlanta. And this is what I looked like right after residency. And the funny thing was in medical school, I'd lost a lot of weight. I was able to be very consistent, but with the stress of residency, um, you know, working hard hours, 60 hours, uh, I don't think I only had one week of 80 hours a week, um, but it was, it was stressful. And so you eat on the fly, you're not able to exercise as much, but this was my first year of, of just starting 2014. And so and just, you know, starting a new job, starting a new chapter in life. Basically. Yeah. And then here we go. Look at that difference. Yeah. Absolutely astounding. Truly. This was, this was a photo of me as I was. So last year I, I attempted the Ironman Chattanooga. I had two flat tires and had to, to leave the race, but this was the beginning of that, of that, uh, of race. And, um, it was, it was actually a good race until I had two flat tires, but <laughs> um, this was me. This was after a year of training for an Ironman, um, of learning how to swim, run, and 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 uh, and bike, and just being in basically the best shape of my life is in that photo. Mm. The best shape. Yeah. Of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to get into how how we we did this. This is in New this York. Is- this is actually in Atlanta. We have uh, our, this is 4th of July, our Peachtree Road Race. Um, and this was our 10, or 10K or a six miler. And every year I, I love this race because there's so much energy, but then you're able to just kind of dress up festive for 4th of July. So make it, it really fun. Yeah. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. So it's hot uh, and humid, but a lot of fun. <laughs> And then this is me climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. So I had oh. the opportunity to go to Tanzania and we were able to do the first stage of Kilimanjaro. So this is us getting ready to go up the mountain. Um, and actually the funny thing is we were in the part where it was just like forest. Just You saw monkeys, you had waterfalls. It was so beautiful. I was like, this is so beautiful. So we were able to, to do the first stage um, of the um, Mount Kilimanjaro. This, that's a huge feat. I don't, I don't know if 
many people in the audience know, but just look up Mount Kilimanjaro. Just look it up because it, it is not uh, something that's small. It's a, it's a great achievement for people to get to that point. And this was my first Ironman half Chattanooga. So um, this was cheers. <laughs> so this is after me. I was just after I passed it and they're like, you have done it. I was just bawling, crying. The lady was like, please stop crying. I'm about to cry <laughs> because <laughs> I just couldn't believe that I had, had had prepared myself to do this. So I'll be honest with you. I never thought I could do an Ironman. I never thought I could do an Ironman. In yeah. fact, I would watch the people on TV and be like, I could never do this. And um, and, to, and so I challenged myself last year to get in shape, to be able to do that. And so I was able to do an Ironman half. And now I'm going to really, really do it. I'm in redemption mode. This is redemption year where I'm actually going to do the full Ironman. I had trained yeah. up to that point, but I didn't get a chance to finish it. But we're going to finish it this year. And so this is me getting my first Ironman half. Uh, and it was just, it was an amazing race. Amazing race. That, that is so, so cool. Uh, yeah. Make sure that people know how important that is when you said, I can never do that. And then mm -hmm. you did, or you're halfway there and, but you know that you can. Mm -hmm. So never say never and dreams come true. And thank you so much for sharing that because Wow. Again, truly inspiring. And we're going to go into our first commercial. And when we come back, I want to talk about how you, how you merged into that running part again, because when we're holding on to so much excess weight and we also want to be, be nice to our bodies, right. And not overdue to reduce injury. You can't just jump in. So I'm excited to learn your journey about that. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent, or have been in the game for a while. We invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Hello, everyone. I am Kim Jacobs, the host of The Kim Jacobs Show, and you all know who's right here with me, Dr. Les Brown. How are you, Dr. Brown? I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time you want to give yourself a competitive edge. If you got a message, you have some knowledge or experience, a story, or if you want to do something adventurous and exciting with your life that can increase your credibility, expose you to millions of people, I'm encouraging you to have your own talk show. I used to have a talk show. That one talk show 
catapulted me to another level. Now there are more people watching the internet, as you are aware, than television. Yes. Come on, somebody. That's right. Dr. Kim Jacobs, she trained people on how to have their own talk show. She will train you how to do that. And now with me working, partnering with her, now you have the combination of an audience, expansive audience. We have over 4 million people in all of our platforms and the coaching you need to grow your business, to grow your multi-level marketing organization, to draw more attention to yourself in this noisy economy. Go ahead, Kim. So in the training that I do, Les, I actually do a six-week training. It's one hour per week. And each week I meet with the individuals one-on-one. -on -one. We go through and we talk about all of the things that's necessary for a show to become a reality. We go from how to actually identify your focus area, what's going to be your ideal customer that's going to be tuning in. We'll talk about how to get guests, how to get sponsorship, how to go about getting your lighting, your branding, and your banners, and everything that you need to know. And guess what, Les? They right. own their own content at the end of the day. And that's exciting. Now, if you're ready to, to, to create a shift in your business and in your life and increase your cash flow, I want you to go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. It's right there on the screen. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to Kim Jacobs consulting.com. That's Kim Jacobs consulting.com. Did I say Kim Jacobs consulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. That's my story. And that's Kim's story. And we're sticking to it. Bye for now. Bye bye. Yeah. So incredible coaches all around the world. And Dr. Alicia Scheller, you have such a beautiful story. And I think what makes great coaches is the ones who have truly gone through the muck. You know, they've, they've done it all. They've lived it all. They know what doesn't work and what does. And so they can really help guide people and have you know, a way to show up for them and, and empathy, so to speak, when, when leading someone into something. So I would love to know a little bit about your journey when you started pushing yourself a little more physically when, when you had the weight issues, right? It's like, how do, I think people get stuck and where they feel like they can't move, you know? So how do you really start making those small movements? Do you start walking or running or what did you do and how would you guide someone to start if they're dealing with, you know, more severe weight issues? 
Yeah, you know, it's that's one of the things that I, I hear a lot in my practice is when we, you know, when you have like knee pain, back pain, or different elements in your body where you're just in pain and it really makes it hard in order to uh, to exercise and to be physically active. Uh, so for me, what I did, I mean, when I got started with running, it was out of it was out of the blue. I didn't think I would like this. My friend actually came up to me and she was like, hey, Alicia, do you want to do a 5K? And I'm like, a five what? What is this? You want to, how many, what? You want to walk, run five miles? I mean, three miles? I was like, that doesn't seem fun at all. <laughs> that picture that you showed of me doing the Peachtree Road Race, um, the year before I started running, um, one of my, one of the nurses that are in my office, she would talk about how she would do this race. And I looked at her and marveled. I was like, I cannot believe you would actually run six miles in the heat. <laughs> in, the, in, yeah. the, in, the in the elements, outdoors. Like, outdoors. who does that? Like, who does that for 4th of July? Uh, you know, I couldn't fathom it. But my friend was like, listen, we can do a 5K and we can start from the couch. And, and they had this little app, app called Couch to 5K. And yeah, so I remember you- that. Is yeah. that is that app still going? I do remember that. I have no clue, but if you Google Couch to 5K training plan, you can get it online. Like it's you can get it anywhere. Um, they it probably is still going, but that's what I started with, and yeah. it has you just walking, maybe starting walking ten minutes, running a minute, you know. So you're kind of mm-hmm. alternating it um, back and forth. But at the end of this app, we were ready to do. Uh, a 5k. We were ready to do it. And so we did it. And I was like, this is a lot of fun. And so then I decided to do the Peachtree Road Race because this was a six mile. So it was just a little bit more than what I had done. And when I did that race, I loved it. I loved the energy. I loved the people. Like it was just such a fun mm-hmm. race. And so I was like, well, if I did a, a 5k and I did a 10k, let me do a half marathon. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I did not train. <laughs> as much for that half marathon than I did. And so I got my butt kicked on that one. That was the divas, the, uh, the divas half marathon where they have the firemen they're with their shirts off. They're giving you champagne. (laughs) You go across the finish line. Nice. By the time we finished that race, the firemen were all closed. They were on the bus with us back to the parking lot. (laughs) We missed all of the champagne. Um, but I realized at that point is that you really need to train. You can't just, you know, you just can't just do it. And so I'm one of these people, I can be a little frugal. And so when I put money down on a race, I want to show up for it. So before Mm -hmm. I had run that half marathon and got my butt kicked, I'd already paid for the 10 miler and the Thanksgiving half. And so that's when I realized I need to train and I actually enjoyed those races. And in Georgia, they have this thing where if you do the 5K, the the 10K, the 10 miler, the half marathon, if you do um, the marathon, you get a special prize. And I'm going to say, I always like a special prize. (laughs) So I ended up training with the local Atlanta track club um, and they got me prepared to do my first marathon. And what clicked for me in the marathon wasn't the fact of the whole marathon. Truth be told, I was scared to death when, at the front, at the start line. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. But what I loved was that the person I became in order to finish the race. I had to train. Mm-hmm. I had to show up, not only just for the long runs on the weekend. I had to show up for the short run during the week. 
And so with the support of the Atlanta Track Club, having that around me, it made it easier for me to kind of continue to do it. And so I love my first marathon. It was hilly. It was hot. It was Georgia. But it was great. And then I ended up like each year starting to do a marathon. And so at this point, I've done six, six marathons. I actually don't know. I'm sorry, seven. It's, I just it gets addictive, marathon. doesn't it? It's addictive. I did a marathon uh, last month. <laughs> so yeah. um, in London. And so, but it's it it's it was a journey. Wow. It wasn't something that I started off with. I, I started slow. I started doing the couch to 5k app, and I yeah. just in incrementally got um went further and further on and um and just ended up enjoying and loving it so i always say with physical activity pick something you enjoy pick something you love because then it's not it's not a chore when you're doing it you know i don't yeah. realize this when i run i have a natural smile i couldn't understand why people would smile at me i was running past but i didn't realize that i was actually smiling at them because <laughs> i'm like we're in we're outdoors there's birds chirping there's you know you know there's all this stuff in nature and so um, that's so funny i think i look like either angry or let's say determined determined <laughs> I, I probably have this determined serious look when i'm running uh but i love that you smile that's so cool <laughs> a natural smile i couldn't figure it out <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I want to highlight a few of the things that you said, because, you know, in today's world, having, you know, apps and technology are so huge. I remember when I first started um, once again, because I think we go through all these seasons in life when we get back to it and, you know, and then we have the down times uh, at the remissions. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I was, I had gained a little bit of weight after I'd gotten out of law enforcement. So I wanted to get back to it. And I think I used the app uh, running for weight loss, but the same thing where it, it, it slowly guides you into, you know, walking for, you know, a minute or five minutes or what have you into a slow jog, into a sprint. And, and you just do this slowly, you know, three days a week, five days a week. I don't know, but you build yourself up slowly and you have that encouragement. So the way the apps are built nowadays, it's really great. And, you know, when you gamify it, it's very helpful because that's our, our human nature to want to win or be competitive or get prizes or feel like we're achieving something. And then I love that you said that, you know, the way that you felt with the community, the people that were there during the races and how energizing that was. So I think that when you start doing these things or going into the things that you love, you see a community with it. And, and it just is like wildfire when we get that excitement because you're building that connections and, and it's a high. And so then it becomes addictive, right? Because you're doing something that feels really good and you're doing something really good for your body. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I'll be honest with you. They started with prizes and like as a kid, like when you're in kindergarten, you do something well, you get a sticker. And mm -hmm. so yes. it's just, it just is like a dopamine rush when you get something. And I have to admit to you, the prize that they gave me for doing the marathon probably was not enough. For of course not. So it's like they did not tell me what the prize was beforehand. They're just like, congratulations. I was like, what? It was a bamboo watch. I've never worn this watch at all. I don't know where it is. <laughs> but it was a bamboo watch. So don't, you know, it was, it was just, it was fun. I at least did it. And I was like, yes, now I'm addicted to it. <laughs>
Yeah. And I think that, you know, you talked about having to pay for runs and I think that could be a turnoff for, for people, but there's a reason. I mean, not only do they need it to help run it, right? But at the same time, you're going to show up for something that you pay for. Just like the reason people, you know, charge for their coaching services is because um, are you going to do the work when you're paying, you know, you know, hundreds to thousands of dollars? Dang right you are. You know, you're going to you're going to match up to that because you paid for it. So when we pay for something, it's just like, okay, this is definitely something I'm absolutely going to do and I'm going to show up and I'm going to do my best. Exactly. Exactly. So whenever I put money down on a race, we are actually training for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, know, you, it's, you don't get a refund. You got to get, you know, you, I mean, yes, you may get a t-shirt, but that's not, you know, you can buy yourself a t-shirt, but you're going to train for the run for sure. Right. So what are a few of the things that you do? Like you said, you, you know, this is, this is something that I have to work on all the time. Are there some key things that you do each day to help you maintain that goal? Yes. So there's several things that I do. Number one, I always kind of want to make sure that I'm doing some type of physical activity. It may not be daily, but definitely multiple times throughout the week. Um, the, I like to challenge myself. I'm very goal oriented. That's just my personality. And so with the different uh, tr uh, races that I have coming up, the Iron, I'm doing the Ironman Maryland in, in September. Mm. Um, it helps me to stay active because I know in order for me to finish and not drown, I need to make sure that I'm in the pool. <laughs> I need to make sure that I'm running. I need to make sure that I'm, I'm riding my bike so that I can be prepared to finish that, that finish line. So it really helps me to kind of keep moving forward there. Um, the other thing I try to do is try to make sure I get my water in. Um, mm. I try to get at least at least 64 ounces at the minimum, because number one, I do not want to cramp and cramping was really painful for me. So I make sure that I'm staying hydrated, but then also it helps me to feel full throughout the day. I'm not sitting here, um, you know, wondering, Oh, do I want a snack when it's more the fact that I'm just thirsty. So having that water helps me to feel good. Um, also the other thing I try to do is I try to eat healthy. Um, I'm in a practice. And so we have pharmaceutical reps that bring lunch. And so that's so hard because it's not always very healthy and you can't really control what people bring. Right. And so I sometimes want to make sure that I bring my lunch, not that I'm trying to be antisocial. It's just that I just want to make sure I can actually eat a more healthier lunch. Cause you know, sometimes they bring pizza, sometimes they bring other stuff. We had, they had lasagna today. So, you know, it just, you never know. So um, tempting. Yes, very tempting, very tempting. And so it's good to kind of have your what you're going to eat. The other thing is sometimes life gets in the way. So if I am not able to plan out my meals for that week or able to cook that week, I'll sometimes will get a I'll get a meal service. So somebody who will make a, a healthy meal, I'll just purchase the meal for mm. the week. Um, they'll, they'll prepare like meals in like these little small containers so that I can have one every day. So at least I'm able to get that in because some days it's just a rough week. And so I love that we have that now that those mm -hmm. options are available to us. How cool is that? I mean, more and more of those things are popping up. So it's so helpful. Even, um, you know, when I was so, well, I, I still do it every now and again, but juicing like my celery juice and where if you go to buy it in a bottle at the store it has other ingredients, even lemon juice, but that's not what I want. Right. So 
there's so many juice bars up now. So when you're traveling, you can just look it up and you're like, oh, cool. That's, you know, two miles away. I'm going there. So you can navigate that and push that in, especially for, you know, if you're somebody who lives such a busy life and you're traveling and um, making sure that you're just intentional about planning things out. And that's sometimes that's the harder part because you have to like set aside time, but I just have to schedule it. Like I'm like, Hey, Sunday, we're going to go and do our meal planning. We're going to go to the grocery store and we're going to cook. And I outline, you know, that time so that I can be able to do that and prepare because when I'm able to prepare for the week, much better week, I don't have to think about it. going. I can just focus on the exercise and making sure that I'm scheduling that in. And, and when it comes to exercise, although I have a coach that kind of helps with guiding me on what I should be doing for this Ironman, um, I have to put it in the schedule because mm-hmm. if you don't plan it, it's just not going to get done. Because honestly, would I prefer to sit on my couch? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. So what I have to do for myself <laughs> is I have to have my workout clothes, which I do have beside me, so that after I'm done, I'm going to go work out so I don't go home and then end up, you know, talking myself out of working out. Yeah, I love that. I I can't remember who I, I – it was a book I read it out of or something, but – they said just that. They said, you know what? The night before I put out my workout clothes, everything that I need, including my running shoes, right next to my bed. So when I get out of bed in the morning, because when you first wake up, that is the last thing you want to do, right? Is put on your clothes and go out for a jog. Um, I struggled with that, even though I, when I was running a lot, I, I loved running, but in the morning, and my, my body is tired and stiff and achy. It's, it's truly the last thing I want to do, but that helped me so much to make sure that I was set up for success. And I was intentional about making sure, because when I looked at those clothes, I was like, April, you told yourself you're going to do this. So you better do it. And I did. And so that's a really great key point. Thank you so much for pointing that out. Now, do some of these things, um, when you've talked a lot about overcoming burnout, are these the same sort of things that help you manage not going there to, to where you're reaching that burnout level? Or are there other things that you include with that? I would say probably a combination. So definitely when I go for a run or when I go exercise, it helps me to kind of get out of my head a little bit because I'm focusing on something else. But then it allows me to be able to de-stress. You know, sometimes I can think through a complex problem or a complex situation at work that may be causing me some angst. And I'm able to kind of remind myself, well, you know what? You can't change the things you can't change. You know, you can only do what you can do at this moment. And I can't worry about what else somebody else is thinking or what else somebody else is doing. And so it kind of gives me that space so that I can really kind of, you know, get down to the crux of what's kind of going on with me and kind of working my way through it. Um, I I do continue the coaching for burnout because life happens and stuff just kind of keeps popping up. I think that's just life itself. And sometimes it's good to have somebody who's impartial, who is actually has no skin in the game, who's not going to talk about you behind their back, or even if they did talk about you, it doesn't matter. (laughs) So, you know, uh, because they're not like in your circle, you know, so it doesn't matter at all. It's not going to affect you. But, you know, it's it's really good to have somebody who's separate from like your, like you mentioned, your friends and family who you can kind of confide in and kind of talk things out. And they can bring out different aspects that you may not have thought about. You're like, oh yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it. So I do try to keep that up. 
because I know that just with life in general, and I am who I am, um, I, I need that that support. Um, so that combination. And then also, too, the one good thing with uh, the Ironman, because you're working out so much, I realized that I need to do more stretching. And so that's where that yoga yeah. comes in. David Goggins highlighted that intensely in his book. He was like, you got to stretch, man, because you <laughs> yeah. will fall apart. And I remember I learned that a lot in uh, when we were running extensively every single day, just crazy, like in police academy and, you know, the importance of stretching. And I had one of our coaches, she said that stretching before a run is sometimes more important than stretching after. But, you know, absolutely stretching. Oh, yeah. And it makes a difference. It helps with kind of that, you know, when you're doing the yoga, it kind of helps with kind of that meditation mm. and kind of just kind of letting things out and just kind of becoming decreasing your stress for the most part. But yeah, stre uh, stretching is so important. Like we do it before, we do it after, we do it the next day, just because I realize that as I age, these joints aren't getting any younger and uh, we got to take <laughs> care of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Short-term, long-term, it, it avoids your, your potential for injury greatly reduces that. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. So, but those are just some of the things that I do to kind of help reduce the burnout and just, you know, making sure that I have fun. So when I run the race, you know, I realize that I'm not going to win. Um, there are people who are a lot faster than me. So mm -hmm. since I'm not going to win, I'm going to have fun. So I like to yeah. take pictures. I like to smile. I'll be like waving at the crowd. When you're running long distance, you can't necessarily dance. I don't know how people dance because I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't move. I've like done that. it. I have <laughs> danced and ran at the same time because I was full of so much joy and excitement. It is possible. <laughs> It is possible. It's possible. I just sometimes like slow move. I, well, you know, I do the whole shoulder thing, but <laughs> you know, I kind of, but I, it's just having fun, making it fun yeah. is what I like to do. So um, when I run, I try to make it as much as fun as possible and just enjoy the moment and live in the moment. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely. And that's, that's the joy of it, right? That's part of living. So, uh, and I just wanted to say something too, when running, because, um, I'm not, I haven't been doing it lately, but so much of my life involves running. I really do enjoy it. And it is a, this meditation and this time to reflect and it, it, it is a high, like you just, it feels so good to be doing it. And I'm getting so inspired by all of the guests on my show. I, I you know, I'm going to start. Come on back. Come on back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's going to happen starting soon. Um, so I had a comment that came in. Manly said, "I'd say that's winning." Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because you know, having you only live one life. And you got to enjoy it while you can and live the best life, being happy and healthy. And so sometimes finding ways to incorporate physical activity while being, uh, that's fun, that's exciting for you. That's what makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, it does. So uh, we're going to go into our last commercial. And then when we come back, I want to hear the what's next for you, Dr. Shelley. Stay tuned. With key ingredients supported by over 80 clinical trials, the exclusive formulation of the Bella Grace Collagen Elixir 
is changing lives everywhere. Ingesting collagen peptides alone is not very helpful. This is where most collagen products fall short and where Bella Grace changes everything. Unlike other collagen products, the Bella Grace Collagen Elixir controls the gene switches which activate collagen creation and disables the enzymes that break down the matrix. Bella Grace Collagen Elixir contains Verisol, the world's best and most clinically studied form of collagen. These elite collagen peptides influence the skin's collagen metabolism directly from the inside. Nature's most powerful antioxidant. 6,000 times more potent than vitamin C, Astoreal Astaxanthin prevents the activation of gene switches that drive inflammation and activates the gene switch responsible for cellular repair and longevity, forming bridges across cell membranes, protecting them from free radical attack. Amazonian Cat's Claw suppresses the enzymes that degrade collagen and our skin matrix caused by oxidants and inflammation. It simply turns the switch off. The world's most studied collagen, plus activating the genes that make collagen, plus switching off the genes that break down collagen, has resulted in something the world has never experienced. The Bella Grace Collagen Elixir. Start your 30-day Bella Grace Challenge today. So you can learn more about Bella Grace in the description below. Sorry, the little reverb there. Um, but I want to let the audience know how they can reach you. And all of your social media stuff is going to be in the description. So for those of you who are watching the replay or want to find further information, look at that description. And for those of you watching the replay, which will be many of you, make sure you put a comment in the comment section. We'll get back to you. Um, but Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. And I want to make sure that people know where to find you here. It's www.drshellymd.com. That's D-R-S-H-E-L-L-Y-M-D.com. So what's, what are you doing now? What's all the incredible stuff you're doing and the what's next? Yeah. So right now I am a, I'm, I'm actually working on my TEDx talk. So that I'll be able to release that here in uh, September and uh, also another one in October. So I'm super excited about that. Wow. Two um, TEDx? Two TEDx talks, which has been is amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so honored uh, that I have the opportunity to speak. And so also I've been working on my, continue on my podcast on the Back on Track Achieving Healthy Weight Loss podcast, where you can find anywhere yeah. uh, where you actually look at your podcast. And then um, also I've been speaking at different medical conferences around. We'll be speaking again in June and I'm looking forward to in the fall speaking as well. And um, just being able to share uh, health and how people can live a healthier life. Okay. Um, Annalise says, can we get a sneak preview on that TED talk? I don't know if you're allowed to do that. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to, but I'll tell you exactly. I'm talking about how one are able to lose weight with the Iron Woman mindset, where we talk about mm. how the lessons I learned from my Iron Man experience, how you can be able to lose weight with that. So just oh. a little preview, little preview. <laughs> no, that's great. That's and it's so fitting, right? And so powerful. I think you you truly have embodied the the. I don't think this is possible to making it possible. And I, all of, you know, I don't know what you had to do to put that fire inside of you to really push and, and prove to yourself that you could do it. But that's an extraordinary thing that so few people have. And that's also, again, why we have the show, because I want to encourage people that, you know, there are people like such as yourself who are doing it. And so I want to go back a little bit too on your podcast and highlight that because we lost you for a minute. Could you say the title of your podcast? Yes, it's the uh, Back on Track Achieving Healthy Weight Loss Podcast. Okay, cool. Back on Track Achieving Healthy Weight Loss Podcast. So I want to make sure everybody knows that. And I have here today, this is the book. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I have, um, wait, not made for more that you you co-wrote with many other physicians. Yes, uh, in my chapter, I talked about just starting where um, we were all physician entrepreneurs and how we just sometimes you just need to start your business or start the next thing that you're trying to do. Sometimes we sit there and we think, we think about it, we think about it, but we never put action to it. So I talked about how you just gotta just start and get started and get started with your weight loss too. <laughs> Yeah. And practicing in that medical field on your own terms. Yes. Yes. I so love it's, that. there's more to it than just seeing patients. We can be able to impact the world. Ah, oh, oh, that's so cool. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience today? Yes. I just want to say wherever you may be in your health journey, know that even if you may be in a place where you're just like having a flare up or not necessarily where you want to be, know that it is possible to get where your goals are. You just have to take small steps, small goals to get there and just continue to add that consistency. Sometimes it may get difficult uh, and you may feel like giving up, but know if you keep, if you give up, you're not going to make it. But if you keep going, just kind of like that, the tortoise and the hare, eventually you'll get to the finish line. So just keep moving forward. I like that. The tortoise and the hare. Eventually you'll get to the finish line. Slow mm -hmm. and steady. Slow and steady. Well, Dr. Kelly or Shelly, excuse me. It's been truly an honor to have you on the show sharing your incredible journey. I loved sharing the photos. Thank you so much for providing that for, for me and the audience, because it, it it's one thing when you can tell a story and another thing, when you can really provide the evidence of like, Hey, seriously, this is where I was and this is where I am. And, and I want to encourage you that, that all things are possible. So thank you again for being a guest on the wellness driven life show and to our audience. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you get future notifications. Come live with us and engage with our incredible guests and ask questions as we are live. So stay tuned for tomorrow and goodbye for now.